Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This past week, in your car, in the stores that you have traveled, probably with your families around the Christmas tree, you have been filled with holly jollies and great Christmas cheer. But when you've come to church from Monday, Tuesday, and now Wednesday, you have heard about blood and more blood and more blood. And even this upcoming Sunday, you will still again hear about more blood with the circumcision and naming of Jesus. It is, if we really study the history of the church, that Christmas is the season of blood more than it is the season of holly jollies. The season of blood, because we focus on what comes from following the Christ. There is no shortage of those that give their life for the sake of the gospel. As you have heard from St. Stephen on Monday, that even in the spirit of love for his enemies, they still picked up stones to throw at him, and eventually he falls asleep in the arms of the Lord. And St. John the Apostle, no doubt faced many afflictions and those who sought to take his life and kill him, and yet the Lord had different plans so that he become exiled to Patmos to write Revelation, which you have just heard, as well as the Gospel according to St. John. All of these things preserve so that we might hear that Jesus is the Christ, and by having faith in his name, live into eternal life. Tonight you hear about the thousands of children that were murdered at the hand of King Herod. But to understand this, this murderous rage, you must understand how Herod came to power. He was granted the title King of the Jews, believe it or not, by the Roman government in about 40 BC. And during his time to come to power, it was not easy. There were those who were defiant of his charge from the Romans to be the king of the Jews, since he was only half Jewish. But during these next uh, 30-plus years, he would eventually subdue the Jewish people. He would murder many of his own family, even his own children, in order to protect his right to the throne. This man did not care who stood in his way. He would be king of the Jews. At least so he thought. Enter into the picture this Christmas night. When the Christ, the Lord, is born in Bethlehem. And that later, after a couple of years, he gets a knock at the door from the wise men as we will celebrate this epiphany on January 6th. They come searching for the king of the Jews, but they do not come with King Herod's name on their lips. They are searching for one who was just born. This upsets Herod. For all of this time and all of these murders have resulted in him having power and peace through submission and obedience. And so he is greatly troubled. But yet so is all of Jerusalem, as we hear in that text. 
All of Jerusalem is troubled by this news that the wise men bring, that they are searching for the Lord's anointed one. Why are they troubled? Because what have they suffered for these past 30 years? They have suffered at the hands of a violent and murderous tyrant. He tried to be benevolent. He tried to, in, be in, uh, to, ga- to, to gather their favor and to be granted their acceptance. He built them a temple. In times of famine, he opened up the royal food and gave it to them. He cut taxes to the Jews in order to again engender their favor. So why would they rock the boat? Why would they leave Jerusalem to go and search for the Christ child when by all standards they had finally entered into a time when there might be peace on earth? But what did we learn this Christmas Eve? That peace on earth begins with Christ. And all those who are apart from Christ will never find true peace on earth. But the Jews that day decided for themselves that they desired the murderous and tyrant King Herod over the king of the Jews, the heavenly king, Christ Jesus. Does that not remind you of another time when Pilate had offered to release one of the prisoners, Barabbas or Jesus? He says, and he's setting before Jesus, he says, here, look, this man has done nothing wrong. He is innocent, but I shall release for you whom you desire. Shall it be Barabbas or Jesus, the thief and the murderer, or this man, Jesus, whom is called the king of the Jews? And whom did the people choose? Barabbas. They chose the wicked, the evil, The murderous, as it is often found within this life, people will choose the evil, the murderous tyrants over following Christ. But see what comes of Herod's plans. What comes of the people's plotting against Jesus to crucify him as Herod plotted against Jesus to destroy him? It is the Father who delivers Jesus, who sends word by angels to Joseph to flee the country to Egypt so that, again, the prophecy might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. In this way, we see that Jesus comes not only for the Jews who would not receive him, his own people, but yet he also comes for the Gentiles those that had persecuted the people of Israel for 400 years. The Lord still calls them, and even by his divine hand and mercy, they are the ones that offer the land of protection for the one who would usher in our salvation. What comes of Herod's murdering of his family? What comes of his hatred and the killing of these innocent children that night? What comes of all of his plans and plotting to be the king of the Jews? 
he dies just a man. But upon the cross, written over the top of Jesus' head in an inscription, read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. You see how that is. Despite the plotting and the rage of the world, no one can take from Christ his office to be the king, the heavenly king, whose kingdom is not of this earth, but this kingdom still rules and reigns. His kingdom is one of grace and of mercy. For he would have longed, as it is written, to call all men into the truth, even those wicked like Herod, Pharaoh, and the like. And yet it comes to be that the more close one gets to the wrath and the punishment of God, often is the case, the harder men's hearts become. For Pharaoh's heart was hardened until finally he succumbs to the wrath of God as he is swallowed up in the Red Sea. Herod himself is not able to keep himself alive to accomplish his task of murdering the Christ, but he too is asleep with his fathers, but not the ones which beheld the glory of God. He sleeps in hell to be awakened at the last day to the resurrection to the dead, to eternal death. What came of all of Herod's plotting, all of Herod's rage? He merited himself damnation. But what about for us Christians? What must we take away from this text this night? How shall it be for us in this life? What are we looking to escape? Do we have the heart of those Jews that day that would not trade their temporal peace for the peace that is to all men and to all the earth in Christ? Do we have the fearful hearts that are afraid of the one that can kill the body and yet we are less afraid of the one that can kill the body and cast the soul into eternal death? We must consider these things. For again, Christmas is the season of blood. To remember not only the blood of Christ which is shed, but the blood of all the martyrs that have taught us what it means to bear the Christian faith unto death and receive the crown of eternal life. We must come to terms now that being a Christian is one life that is filled with crosses and suffering. And we must accept that. For we must gladly suffer with Christ here if we should desire to reign with Christ in the eternal places. We must gladly trade all the things that we have in this life if it means that we can be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord forever. You and I cannot escape the crosses and suffering that we must bear in this life if we are to be conformed to the image of the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. We, to be faithful, 
must look upon all of these crosses and sufferings as being our Lord's gift to us. Yes, a most painful and distressing gift, but yet one which will not be so far removed from his fatherly divine mercy and care. For he eventually calls to us, just as he did to Joseph, and tells him to return with the child for the ones that were seeking his life were dead. So it shall be for us in the end that God shall call us. He shall call us forth, whether it is from the grave or from standing here upon the earth, and we shall look upon all of our enemies as they will have been vanquished before us. They shall not stand against the Lord forever. They will not be able to plot and overthrow the king from his throne, no matter how horrible and murderous their rage is. Herod had everything. He knew the time and place of Jesus' birth. He had many innocent children slaughtered from Bethlehem and the surrounding region. He slayed the hearts of mothers and fathers from stripping away their children, and yet he still lost. That shall be everyone who plots against the Lord and his anointed. To what end do we have now? To what end do we live? We live to the end of the eternal kingdom. We live knowing that Christ entered the valley of the shadow of death. He came into the midst of the veil of tears for our sakes so that he might bring us with him to heaven. He swallowed up our death. He bore our sorrows. He has opened paradise for us. And so we, like these innocent children that were slain, as we remember them, we turn to be like children before the Lord, trusting in his divine plan and in his mercy to bring us into the heavenly places, not fearing our passage from death into eternal life, but knowing that it is just a portal to the glad joys that await us beyond our present day. We will gladly suffer for his sake, since it is Christ who has arisen from the dead, who is the firstborn of all those who shall rise into eternal life. We are those who are called his dear elect, and the dear elect children of God shall always be rescued from the bloodthirsty hands of this world, no matter how much their murderous rage may go on, no matter how long we must suffer under the burdensome oppression of the world, it does not matter. For God will claim all his children and bring them into the eternal kingdom and give to them the blessed life filled with all innocence, righteousness, and blessedness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.